1: Today's podcast is a solo episode and I will be speaking with you about a couple of things that are going on for me, nothing incredibly exciting but when I did ask the question over on Instagram stories about topic suggestions for podcasts, overwhelmingly people were interested um, in hearing about my little eight-week commitment and also weekly shares from therapy and I put up on Instagram stories saying that yes weekly therapy which is part of this eight week I guess commitment that I am doing for myself so I'm going to speak about that I will also answer a couple of questions that have come through via Instagram and just have a bit of a chat with you so before I get stuck into this episode, I wanted to take a minute to let you know today's podcast is brought to you by Be Fit Food. Now, BeFit Fit Food are a meal delivery and preparation service, so they take care of all of your meals for whatever period of time you would like, and snacks, and they deliver them to your front door. I had two weeks worth of meals arrive yesterday afternoon, so I've not yet started, I've not yet had the food, but I'm very, very excited to get stuck into it. For me, I really wanted to just have ease and to make sure I'm looking after myself because I, like many mums, have the propensity towards sometimes going, oh, I've run out of time to have breakfast or making sure I have snacks for the kids but not having snacks for myself and then I get to the end of the day and go, oh, I've only had like three bananas and two rice cakes and I wonder why I'm tired. So I wanted to make sure I was actually choosing a meal service that had breakfast, lunch, dinner and snacks included and the way that Be Fit Food is designed, you can also then go ahead and add in other things that you like to kind of bulk up the meals if you feel that you need them. So they have a few different options. You can jump over online and check them out. All of the meals have been created by a doctor and dietitian, And then they are snap frozen and as I mentioned, delivered to your door. The online process for ordering is really, really simple and it's quite fun going through and choosing what meals or snacks you want. I recently spoke to the founder of BeFit Food and she's really passionate about helping her clients in real life and her customers online achieve the results that they desire and that's why BeFit Food was created. Now I do have a discount code to share with you and that code is Kind Parenting 25 and that will give you $25 off your delivery or your whole order really. Um, So if you head over to befitfood.com.au, use the code Kind Parenting 25, you will get that discount applied automatically. I will put a direct link in the show notes as well. So if you click on this episode of the podcast and Go to sort of the description of the episode below that, there will be a link that will take you straight to their website and the code will be listed there for you as well. This offer is valid until the end of August. So on the 31st of August, it will expire. So if you have been thinking about trying a meal prep service to help you reach your goals, this could be a great fit for you. Jump over, have a read, see how you feel, check it out, and use that code kindparenting25. All right, where to begin with this somewhat of a life update episode? So, I guess for context, if you are perhaps brand new to the podcast and you've not listened to other solo episodes before where I've shared things, you may want to go back and listen to those. You may not. You may want to check out right now. I don't know. But for context. So a couple of years ago, I went through a marriage separation and subsequently a divorce. And that has been really, really tough. And then I also had a boyfriend for a little while, for a year, and then we split a couple of months ago. And that was really tough. And truthfully, I think that when we broke up, so much of the trauma and I don't use that word lightly, but so much trauma from the divorce and everything around that really came to the surface for me with this breakup. So I think I felt it more disastrously than maybe would be in line with the context of the relationship, if that makes sense. Although I definitely I don't want to take anything away from that because I truly do feel like that was like a soul connection and I I don't need to go into that. But I guess what I was getting at is with that breakup, so much stuff came up for me that was obviously just below the surface. And when that happens, it's really, really good on one hand, but it's really, really depleting on the other and it can be really kind of defeating as well when you go, oh my gosh, I've still got all this work to do. I'm, ca- I'm still carrying around all of these things internally. And so they all kind of spilled out and felt very overwhelming. And it all just happened at the time of breakup, how- the house selling, um, the pressure of going, okay, now I need to find somewhere to live, like just all of that stuff was all happening at once. And then there are other parts of life that have just felt um, like they were in limbo, I guess. And I had these things that I wanted to do, but I couldn't act on them. And anyway, so it just felt like a lot. And prior to all of that, like the last couple of years, I feel as though I've kind of fluctuated between at the beginning over functioning, like kind of just going, "Oh, I'm fine. I can do it. I can keep moving." Da 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 da. Like it's all good. And then I don't want to say under functioning because I don't think I've ever probably gotten to the point of under functioning, but to the point of freezing around certain things. And you know how we have our stress responses. You know, we either fight, flight, or freeze. And so I think I more tend to alternate between um, freeze. And flight. So when I freeze, I feel like I just disassociate a little bit and I'm not sure what the right action is to take. And then that mixed with actually not being able to take some actions can be really, really tricky. And in a way, it just felt like so many things were happening at once after waiting. All of a sudden, some resolutions were coming to the surface and things on that side of my life were able to move forward. And whilst it was still overwhelming, it was overwhelming in a good way because it's all stuff that you know has to happen. But when you just sat waiting, and you know, I've spoken about this before with anxiety, if we're anxious about something and it's something that we have to do, often the longer we delay it, the more space we put between that thing and ourself the worse it gets, the bigger it gets, whereas if you just can get to it quicker and get it over quicker, it can be better. And Karen Young spoke about this in a, in my podcast episode on anxiety in children, you know, in saying with drop-offs, if the drop-off has to happen and you add all of this extra space in between it and so many different rituals, sometimes it makes it worse because it's just delaying the inevitable. And in that delaying period, you may feel heightened emotions and that happens to us as adults as well in life so with the house selling having to move a breakup needing to find somewhere to live other resolutions happening in real life it felt like a lot but it also felt like a really big energetic shift And I wasn't sure how I would feel moving and in the new place, but I'm very happy to report, and I've spoken about this in other episodes, that I feel like moving has been the best thing I have done in the last couple of years. And I was really hesitant to move because the mum in me and also the ego in me wanted to, one, keep the kids in that house because I felt like that was the best thing for them. And two, I had so much attachment to that house because it's one that I literally sat out and I drew. Like, I'm no architect team, but I sat there and I knew what I wanted. And there were so many elements of that house that were just so me (laughs) um, that it was hard to let go of. And there was a part of me, I guess, and maybe it was the fight response that was like, no, no, I'm keeping it. I'm doing it. I can do it on my own. But a mortgage on your own for two years, is a lot <laughs> um, with kids. Anyway, that's a whole other conversation. But the relief of actually moving out of the house for me wasn't about the financial stuff. It was about going, oh my gosh, I didn't realize how uncomfortable I was still in that space for some reason. And so now being in a new space and having some things, you know, open up that I've been waiting on it feels so good and just last night I had Anna over and I was saying to her I didn't realize how dark some of my thoughts had gotten in the last couple of years until I'm no longer having them and it's like oh my gosh mentally the energy and the effort in having to reason negotiate rationalize tricky thoughts was so depleting taking up so much of my mental capacity and my energy and so to not have them now it feels so freeing and when I moved I really thought to myself okay Kylie you've been in tricky spots before because I have you know and if you've come to one of my events over the last couple of years you may have heard this story so I'm not going to go into it but I've definitely been in tricky spots where I've had to pull myself out and it's like at that rock bottom moment where for some reason you get like a sliver of clarity and you can call it whatever you want, whether it's like a divine voice or it's your own internal dialogue, whatever. For some people, they'll say it's like a God type thing. I don't really know what name to give it, but at times in my life, I have had moments where I will feel and hear something really really clearly so in my early 20s when I was very unwell um like really really unwell with anorexia I'm talking like 39 kilos not in a good place and I was trying to overcome all of that I remember being so low and then one day having a breakthrough moment of hearing myself say to myself like you have to try you have to try You can't be passive in this anymore. You have to actually choose a time frame, commit to trying and not just trying at the surface of ticking the box of going, okay, also sorry about the cars if you can hear them, but we'll just push on. Um, Not just passively going to therapy or passively um, ticking the boxes so that from the outside it looks like you're showing up, but properly investing and showing up. And the way I've described it when I have spoken at events is as though putting myself back in the driver's seat of my own life. And there are times when you will find yourself feeling more like a passenger or more like you're in the back seat, or more like you're dragged by a rope behind your car. Like you're just getting where you need to be, but not because you're in the driver's seat. And so I've had those moments before in my life and amongst the move. And perhaps amongst the space of going through a breakup and not having that relationship as a container to kind of dive into and keep my blinders on, perhaps it's a combination of things, also time, but just going to myself, okay, you actually have to try here to get through this because you're not doing as well as you would like to think. And this was crystallized for me. Um, a couple of weeks ago when I had to go into Brisbane for a really super long, super draining day that I was really, really apprehensive and nervous about going through the, going through things that I've not done before. And I had a moment where I, and I'm good, like I am good in Brisbane. As part of my work, I used to drive around Brisbane all the time. I'm one of those people that's nothing really flusters me I'm pretty cool calm and collected in these sorts of situations but I was in Brisbane City and I was trying to find the parking garage that I needed to be in and I went into the wrong one and it was one that was a private parking lot and I got locked in there and I got so upset like I couldn't bring my brain online to be like Kylie it's fine I was stressed because I was then late for something really important. I couldn't get out. I had no phone reception. I was also absolutely busting for the bathroom. And I rang one of the people that I was meeting in Brisbane and I said to her, like, I'm not coping. And I was hysterical over this innocent mistake of getting trapped in a car park. And I knew that I would get out. Like, I didn't think I was going to have to set up camp and live in this parking garage. But it was like my neurons couldn't connect to think rationally. And she said to me on the phone, your resilience is so low right now that little things are just triggering the big emotions in you. Everything's just below the surface. And that was a real light bulb moment for me going, oh, she's so right. I've got all of this stuff happening. And something so little has like set me off thinking. And when I say set me off, I don't mean that I was raging. I mean that I was devastated (laughs) like I was irrationally distraught um and I can smile about it now but at the time I just couldn't get my thoughts together and so not to spoil the end of the story I made it out of the parking garage but it was just a real um crystallization for me hearing her say to me your resilience is really low right now and I was like well of course it is I've taken an absolute beating for so long now in, in different ways. Um, and in perspective, of course, I'm incredibly privileged and all of that stuff. I still have good perspective, but at the same time, the emotional toll that certain things take at some point, it will impact you and having to always keep things together as a parent is a whole other layer and I'm going to speak about that as well when I kind of get to the therapy portion of some of the things that I've realized when it comes to parenting through this season or through the past season of life um so in, guys but where was I going with this ah so I had the moment of thinking it was a similar feeling like I had in my early 20s and again I had it when the boys were born where I was feeling really overwhelmed with you know having two newborns And I found myself kind of noticing I had this internal dialogue of going, this is hard. This is hard. This is really hard. And I can still see it. Um, I was walking from my bedroom to the boys' room at the first place where the boys were born on the northern end of the coast. And I caught myself in that loop of going, this is so hard. This is so hard. And I sort of caught myself and was like, no, no, I need to change this. And so I started saying, I can do hard things. And that became my mantra to get through those early weeks and early months of having two newborns and sleep deprivation. And again, when I first started working on the sleep business, I can do hard things. I can do hard things. And so I had this moment amongst everything that's happened where I was like, you know what, Kylie, this is your opportunity to really, really look at yourself and to really look at certain things in your life. And there is so much, um, so many opportunities that you don't want to let go. But you also, first of all, you need to be okay. And so I thought, okay, I'm just going to give myself a time frame to really focus in on doing as many of the things as possible that I think I need intuitively to be okay and that's another part of it it's getting back in touch with intuition I've spoken about this if you've not listened to my episode where I share about the fact that I thought I had lost my intuition I offer up some ways that you can reconnect with your own inner knowing as well but just I guess the reason I like the idea of a set time period is not because it's a challenge I'm not someone who's like, oh, it's a four week challenge or it's a, you know, it's, yeah, I don't really like the term challenge because already you're adding dis-ease around it. You're already making it sound like it's an uphill battle. When I do little commitments for myself, it's because I know the time is going to pass anyway. And in a lot of ways in life, I am looking at my calendar often because I have a rolling roster with the boys and I guess when I'm looking at my calendar with that, and also when I'm looking at my calendar for my cycle, I'm always thinking like four weeks go so fast. You know, you have your period, and then before you know it, you're due for your period again. Like four weeks goes really quickly, and it's going to pass regardless of how you're spending that time. So, a four week block to have a commitment to yourself to work on certain things, that time's going to go fast. And I've done that in the past with exercise type commitments where I'll be like, you know what, I'm going to do six days a week of blah, 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 four weeks and I'll write it out on a whiteboard and tick it off and it's like an accountability thing and I also feel good when I get to mark it off. But I was like, I'm just going to do an eight week time frame and I'm going to list out the things that I really want to focus in on. And it's very likely that after the eight week period, I will continue on exactly as I am because I feel really good but it was just going okay this is the concentrated time frame for me I like the word commitment because I think as I said challenge I don't really like it it already adds uneasiness dis-ease around it makes it sound hard commitment I like because in life we often commit to other people whether that's in romantic relationship or or whether it's in work or friendship or parenting. There are so many different ways in life that we will commit to someone else and we will uphold those commitments because of that. But I think one of the keys to building confidence yourself is actually keeping your word to yourself in fact I don't think it I know it I know that when you keep your word to yourself you build that self-trust and you build that evidence and I'm forever saying this if you want to build confidence in any area in life you then need to build evidence and the only way to build evidence is through action you need to do the things so that's why commitment kind of sits well in my head right now so perhaps it will sit well for you to me it's not about taking away anything and again this is a challenge challenge mindset excuse me of going oh if I'm going to do a challenge it's all of these things that I'm going to deprive myself of no for me a commitment to self for a certain time period It's about what I'm giving myself and that's why the word commitment works for me because we give to others when we commit but you've got to give to yourself as well. So when I was kind of thinking about the things that I want to give to myself and that intuitively I know I need, one of the first ones was weekly therapy and I know that I need that weekly therapy because for a couple of reasons. I... Have really great girlfriends and we talk a lot, but I also don't want to be continually offloading all of my stresses onto them, even though it's never been, you know, I don't think that they mind or anything like that. I just don't always want every interaction to be really deep, and I do have a tendency to be a bit like that. So I need that person that I can go to once a week and spill all of that heaviness out and talk it through and process it in a very safe space. Be completely honest about everything um, and just have it held. I also know that with weekly therapy, that's a really great way to get to know your therapist and to have them get to know you because it can be hard to build that rapport where you feel as though every time you go in, you're having to catch them up on a month's worth of you know, happenings and then before you know it, the hour's up and you're like, oh, I didn't even get to talk about the deeper stuff. So for me, when... Um, My friend in Brisbane said to me, your resilience is really low. That was like, yeah, I need to speak with someone because I'm often holding these things in. So that's one of the, or that's two of the reasons that I don't want to be always deep in conversation about this stuff with my friends. And I also want that weekly release and, you know, in getting to know a therapist and having it booked in just feels good because through the week if something comes up I can think oh that's something I want to speak about and so perhaps now I'll sort of touch on that because I did say on Instagram I could share tidbits from weekly therapy one of the biggest things that came up for me last week which was really really helpful was the responsibility that I carry around so Over the last couple of years, I've developed this attachment and this belief that I am responsible for everything that goes wrong and for everything that is hard for the boys. And it has been hard for the boys. Going through a divorce, having two homes, recalibrating, also a rolling roster is really hard on the kids. Um, because they don't ever have that consistency of, you know, these are mum's days, these are dad's days, and then they'll have periods where they don't see one parent for all the weekends and it's just, it's tough, but it is what it is. And so one of the boys has really struggled with that and I carry so much responsibility. And of course there are parts of it that I am obviously partially responsible for, but in speaking with my therapist, really releasing some of that responsibility, because it's not all mine to carry. You know, when he struggles with school drop-offs, I very quickly take that on as a reflection that I've let him down because he's struggling. And a bit of a side note to that, reading through journals that I have written to the boys so I have journals for each of the boys where I just note things down like little tidbits you know it'll be like you're three and this is something funny you've said or you're four and at your birthday party we did dit- 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 and kids bless them are so self-centric and the boys love me reading to them about them and so I dusted off an older journal and I was reading it to my little guy who struggles more and in it you know and this is when he was two i'm writing you find it really hard to separate from mom you struggle with daycare drop-offs all these things that are still somewhat relevant for him today and they were relevant before any of these circumstances and having identical twins one of the pitfalls is sometimes you can't help but compare them you do it just you know subconsciously almost but one of the benefits of that is when you zoom out, which is hard, but when you zoom out and go, oh, I'm taking all this responsibility for this one kid who's finding it hard. But then I have this other son who's not finding it hard. He's not, I'm sure he is in other ways, but he's so great with drop offs, could care less if I'm at school, when I leave school, all of those things. And they're identical twins that share the same DNA and share the same parents and the same upbringing. And I'm not taking responsibility for his ease, but I'm taking all the responsibility for my other son's dis-ease. And so that was really helpful for me to sort of get my head around this concept of responsibility of what's mine and what's not mine. And something that kept dropping in for me was around the word responsibility, when I started to, with my therapist, kind of poke holes in the belief that I'm responsible for all of it and it's all my fault and I'm terrible because of it, um, when we started to poke holes in that theory and speak about the fact that, no, no, he's always been sensitive um, well before all of this, and no, no, maybe it's not all your fault because your other son's coping and all of the different things. Um, poking holes in it I was saying I'm losing my train of thought team um yes the word responsibility it made me think the more I dissolve this burden this imaginary burden of self-flagellating and carrying the responsibility the better I actually am able to respond and you guys know I'm big on words and definitions but responsibility My ability to respond has improved significantly since letting go of some of that responsibility. My ability to respond to my son has been better since being able to relinquish some of that ownership of what he's going through and taking it personally. And that has been massively freeing for me because when he's upset, I respond so well and I think I have always responded well with him but respond well to him and then carry about all of this guilt and worry and fear and blame personally which is so heavy and comes out in so many other ways. It comes out in your body, it comes out in your mood, it comes out everywhere but poking holes in the responsibility has definitely helped me to just sit with him and really love him for what's going on with him, without carrying that burden. So that's massively freeing, and that's probably been my biggest takeaway from this week in therapy. Um, so I will keep sharing with you little bits and pieces. Obviously, I'm not going to go into the weeds of it all because it's mine and. I need to protect that but little things like that could be helpful because if there's someone else listening out there who carries so much responsibility for something that's gone on that yes of course you are part of and yes you are partly responsible for but identifying and acknowledging that it's not all completely on you and that relief and that release is huge And speaking about that release one of the other things that came up when I was speaking with my therapist was just surrounding you know having more self-compassion that's a big one so those are two of the things that came out of the first therapy session for me and I'm back in the chair today so I am doing weekly therapy for this eight week period because I just wanted to know that I've got a safe container to go and spill and talk things out, because I do think and feel deeply, typical Cancerian, and so like today, I don't know exactly, I mean, it could go in any direction, but at some point, one of the things that I want to talk to her about is, oh no, actually, you know what, I'm not going to go into it, because I was going to talk about like the men that I'm drawn to, and have been drawn to in the past, and why those sorts of men fire off my neurons, like why, why? Okay, that's a whole conversation for another day. Um, <laughs> definitely another day. So other things for this eight-week period. You guys know exercise is a huge pillar for me. Exercise has been a consistent tether in my life. And I was saying this to my PT, Sean, because when we started training, he was like, oh, you're like, you know what you're doing. I said, yeah, I've been training consistently since I was... I wanna say 18, 19, and I'm now about to turn 34 on Monday, tomorrow, when this podcast goes live. Um, So I've been training a little while, a minute, and exercise is one of those non negotiables for me. It is a natural antidepressant. I don't even really make a decision on whether or not I'm going to exercise. The decision is more like what exercise do I want to do, what feels good. It is just, yeah, it's it's part of me for sure, but I wanted to have consistent training booked in because I kind of lost my rhythm a little bit with going to the gym and I felt as though my confidence a bit got knocked over the last couple of months and yeah, my confidence definitely got a bit knocked and I just wanted to feel more in... I guess in the zone with training and have more focused training sessions because I am naturally able to really motivate myself to get up each and every morning and go and train but I wanted to have personal training booked in because I enjoy the accountability of having someone else plan the session and I think that that's probably just to do with control and because I have to make so many decisions Day in, day out, all of the decisions are on me when it comes to working, when it comes to the kids when they're with me, just you make so many decisions that I wanted to just be able to go and train and not have to think about it and feel looked after. So I have booked in eight weeks of three personal training sessions a week. So Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 1.30pm, it's in my diary, it's locked in, that's what's happening And I'm really, really glad that I can do that and I'm glad that the space that I'm training in is very um, welcoming and warm and the PT is very professional and I'm enjoying learning more um, about, you know, even more about form and things like that. And I've been so incredibly sore. I also thought to myself it might be nice to, you know, start running outside again because I used to love that and I was walking recently and runners were running past and I was like oh I used to love that like I can remember the first time I started running when I was in my early 20s and how much I enjoyed it before it got to an obsessive point which again that's another conversation but anyway I thought to myself I want to see if I enjoy running again so I also went for like a little 5k run and oh my gosh I was walking Like a cowgirl after PT and then a run, I was obviously using muscles that I've just haven't used in a while because I'm so used to training on the stairs and just doing body weight stuff. So I've been really sore, which also leads me to my next point: massage. I could count on one hand in the last ten years the amount of massages I've had. Um, I could literally not even five over the last ten years. I doubt. So I am booking myself in for weekly massages, which is one of those ones that I'm like, ugh, kind of have to talk myself into it a little bit. Like, is it worth the time? Is it worth the resources? Do I really want to do that? But I'm committing to it because one, my body's incredibly sore from training. Two, I'm a physical touch junkie. Like I love, like physical touch is 100% my love language. Um and yeah so i'm doing that the first one that i had was at like an ayurvedic center and it was nice and it was relaxing but it wasn't quite it for me the one that i had on thursday evening was really good it was a remedial one at i want to say it's called coastal therapies for anyone that's local it was really really good like a proper oh my gosh this really hurts but i I felt so much better afterwards. Um, Next up in line with, I guess, training is I can be funny with food in terms of if I'm really busy, I'll find it very easy to just grab something small and snack and get to the end of the day and then be absolutely ravenous because I've only had a banana all day. It's it's just my brain can go a bit funny with that stuff. So I really wanted to make sure I had food there available for me. No excuses on, you know, oh, could I really be bothered meal prepping? Because I do like meal prepping. Like I like having a stacked fridge. I like having my snacks organized. When I'm good, I take a lot of pride in that. But when I'm overwhelmed, it can just feel like too much to even think about. So I have booked myself a couple of weeks of food through that meal service company that I mentioned at the beginning, Be Fit Food. And I chose them specifically because they provide breakfast, lunch, dinner, and a snack. And it's also, for me, um, the sort of program that allows me to also then go ahead and have the extra things, like have an extra coffee, have my Coles dark chocolate if I so feel like having it or have that extra piece of fruit and things like that because I am training so the food has arrived I've not started yet but I've got two weeks of that which I think I'll begin tomorrow I don't have a microwave I was going to begin it today and I'm like oh I don't have a microwave I guess I can just use the oven but anyway so that be Fit food there's a discount code at the start of the episode if you want to try it out it's kind parenting 25 So I've got the food sorted, I've got my training all booked in, which is just massive for me having that anchor and having, you know, variety there and not having to think. got my weekly therapy, a couple of other things I'm doing for myself, really focusing in on things I enjoy. So that was why I wanted to try the run. I feel like I'm laughing so much more than I've laughed in a really, really long time, which is nice. Um, making sure I'm reading novels, not just reading personal development books, not just reading heavy kind of evidence-based scientific books, reading stories, like escaping into stories. I want to try and watch like shows and TV just to see, but I'm not great at it. Anna and I were watching Sex in the City, but we finished that now and it took so long to get through it. It took like, I want to say three, four months to get through it. But anyway, so perhaps if you have any suggestions, you could let me know. But I do think that, yeah, I would like to sort of get get to the point of going, oh, I should sit down and watch a movie. But I'm really loving working right now. So a couple of things personally have freed up which have made it able to not be in limbo in the workspace. And I feel like my brain is just exploding with all of the things that I want to do. And there's some really exciting stuff happening. Like I was up till 1130 last night working and it has been a long time, like a long time since I have that real, that desire to get something out into the world. And I'm not going to speak about it too much here but there are two really exciting things coming soon. And today I have a meeting with the graphic designer. And so part of the eight-week commitment as well is sticking to my schedule. It's having my podcasts Um booked into my schedule my timing making sure I'm looking after me so that if I'm interviewing someone on a Tuesday making sure that I've finished their book by the Thursday before and I've got a bit of an idea on them just all of that stuff like properly looking after me um manifesting because I do believe that what we think how we think is what we attract um so I have been listening to a manifesting podcast every single night for the last four weeks ish, maybe even five or six weeks. And that's what I fall asleep to. So sometimes I don't get through the whole thing and I'll just fall asleep beforehand, but I feel like it still works. Even when you're asleep, you're still taking it in, but just getting more in touch with actually, what is it that I want in this life? And again, last night speaking with Anna, like I was so clear on going, you know what, when I'm 40, not all the specifics, but this is what I This is what I want to be in the world. And so filling in the gaps to get there. If you have not tried a manifesting meditation, I've got one that I recorded. I don't know if it's any good, but it might be helpful. It's all about just softening, which again, that's part of this eight week process. And I think the massages for me is part of that too, because when you go through tricky things in life, and I think just as a parent, it's really easy to harden and become tough and lose touch with your femininity so a couple of ways that I Really work on staying soft include that nightly practice of literally moving through parts of my body and softening so releasing the tension and that's what I take you through in that guided meditation you know I talked to you about leaning into the surface that's below you and applying pressure and then releasing and connecting with your inner knowing so you can go and listen to that Um, another way that I think is nice to connect to your femininity is I'm a huge fan of the brand um, The AU, and they have the most incredible body oils. And for me, like simple pleasures are a hot shower and a quality body moisturizer or a body oil all over. And I don't know, I feel like there's something sacred about honoring your body by looking after it in that way, like applying like a good oil and just feeling good in your skin. Um, I also think... Maybe this is a whole other episode on connecting with your femininity, but yeah, I'm not I'm not going to keep going because it's already been a long one. Perhaps if you're interested in that, jump on over to Instagram and just leave like a little flower emoji and I'll know what you're talking about. Um, Anna and I have recorded an episode on Thursday where we talk about dating apps and in it you will hear us lightly refer to a man ban. So with this eight-week period... I have been invited on a date here or there and I have wanted to say yes but I have stopped myself from saying yes it's still early but I've stopped myself from saying yes because typical Cancerian I love to look after people I love to care about people I want to know their stories and right now I just need to be much more concerned with my own story so And Anna's in a similar situation where it's just like, you know what, we're going to just have like a blanket man-ban of if anyone asks us on a date, we're saying no. We're saying no because we don't want to, I don't want to use the term, lose ourselves, but yeah, I'll leave that one there. What else? Um, Oh, music. Music's always a big one for me. I love having playlists for different times of the day and for different reasons And I'll go through stages where I will listen to the same playlist every morning for a while. And then one day I'll just get sick of it and move on. And then I won't go back to that one for ages. But when I moved into this house, which is now, I think it'll be five weeks on Monday, four or five weeks on Monday. um, One of the things that I really felt, and this comes back to attracting in a partner. I think whatever you want in a partner, whatever you're looking for in a partner, you need to be that as well. It's way too much pressure to actually project that and expect someone to bring that to you all the time. And so the morning playlist that I have right now, for me, it's really the feeling it gives me is that Sunday morning in bed, relaxed, in love, that kind of feeling. And so I play that every morning because I love it. Like I have it on while I have my shower, when I'm getting dressed, and it just kind of connects me and grounds me and I'm such a romantic at heart. And it's definitely like a romantic type kind of sexy, I think, playlist. And I love that. And that's another way of staying soft and not hardening and not going like, oh, there's, you know, no one out there and all of that stuff. So music, um, manifesting, I have a word that I keep coming back to each and every day. And that word for me is integrity, integrity and intuition. That's my focus. That's my focus right now in life is staying in my integrity and also connecting to that inner voice. So that is the eight week commitment. It's not about taking anything away. It's, and it's really, I'm very lucky to be in a position where I work for myself and I have the time and the resources to be able to do it this intensely for you. If you are looking to give yourself a bit of a commitment and you've got young babies, be realistic You know, when the boys were little, there's no way I could have done all of this. They're eight and they go to school and they also go to their dads. It's different. They're nearly eight. They're eight at the end of the year. I always practice saying what age they are because sometimes I feel like my little heart will break each year they get older, even though I know it's an honor. Um, So be realistic and modify it to suit. So you might think, okay, I want to do a bit of a commitment to myself. And maybe that commitment is you're going to get up 10 minutes earlier and read for 10 minutes or You're committing to three walks a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday at X time, and they're going to happen come hell or high water, that type of thing. Um, Maybe it's just the manifesting practice. Start with that. Like if you're not sure where to begin, if you're going, oh shit, like I don't know what to give myself. Start doing that each and every night. It's, I think it's 18 minutes, but by the time you skip through the intro, because you don't need to hear that every time and perhaps you don't even need the outro or whatever it is it might be 15 minutes each and every night that you find for yourself to start connecting with your inner voice and what it is you want from life so that's available on the podcast you'll be able to find it. it's not very far back um so yeah maybe that's helpful for you all right i am now going to answer a couple of questions that have come through via instagram so i will grab my phone so i can read them out Okay, the first one that came through says, I am wanting to learn to be a life coach. Can you recommend some books for me to read? So I'm not a life coach, so um, be very clear there. And I'm not sure, (laughs) I don't know what books to recommend. Um, Personal growth books that I really enjoy. I think one of the basic ones to begin with, it's a CBT, so Cognitive Behavioral Therapy book, which I love and that's what I have completed some training in is called change your thinking and i want to say it's by someone called sarah edelman Um, but if you just google cbt book change your thinking that will come up it really just depends where you're at in your journey because you can go as you know as light or as basic as those sorts of books or you can go a little more in depth and turn towards more like your joe dispensers of the world it really just depends where you're at I guess if you're going to be completing a life coaching certification, they'll have a lot of reading material as well. But just head to the bookshop or the library. Like, libraries are so underrated. I love my library and see what jumps out for you. There are some, of course, classics like, you know, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, those sorts of, you know, classics. They're classics for a reason. Um... Advice on making positive personal growth and feeling regret for past choices. Yeah, so I think leaning into post-challenge growth or post-traumatic growth is important. And I know I'm always saying, I spoke about this in a podcast, like if you had a dollar for every time I said that, but... When I interviewed trauma expert, Dr. Sarah Woodhouse, her and I were talking and I said to her, for me, the way I view this is when you go through something challenging and you hit that rock bottom, it's like you drop everything. So say you're holding a pile of sticks and you go through something really hard and you drop all of those sticks and those sticks represent different things in your life. You then, once you Have the ability to get yourself up off the floor next to the sticks because you might find that you're kind of breaking and you're down there on the floor. Your perspective starts to change. At first, you're on the floor looking at it and it feels like everything's broken and you have no idea what to do. But then you'll get to your knees and the sticks start to look a little differently. Then you stand up even higher and the sticks look different again. And eventually, with some time, you'll have the perspective to know what sticks you want to pick up and that is the beauty in post challenge growth and I have been there I have been on the floor where I'm going everything's broken everything's a mess I'm the worst I'm this I'm that it's so hard I can't do it um but yeah you have to try to get up off that floor and then you will with time have the opportunity to sort of pick the things up that you want to take moving forward and whilst you might never make peace and go oh I love that that happened to me you will get to a position where you can see that there is a gift in it internal sorry next question internal tug of war between who you were pre-motherhood and post motherhood so matrescence is a real thing matrescence is the process of becoming a mum. And it is as real as going through perimenopause and it is as real as going through adolescence, excuse me. So becoming a mum is not just going, oh, I'm the same person now that has a human to care for. You actually change so much. Think about how much you change throughout adolescence and how much people allow you to change because they expect you to so that's what happens as well with motherhood but people often don't give you the grace or the expectation that you're going to change or the space or the support and that can feel really lonely and isolating and there is definitely for a lot of us and I know for myself I experienced that feeling of going I'm not who I was before I had the kids but I'm not quite sure who I want to be and it's like oh I don't know what to do here so that internal tug of war firstly I would say is very expected you're not alone in going through that at all I would say maybe a bit of surrender of going okay I don't really need to know right now exactly who I am in this moment because I'm still kind of becoming I think it can be helpful to think of the things that you enjoyed pre-motherhood and see if there are ways that you can modify those habits to get them in to your life so that you're not completely letting go of every single part of your identity so that you can bring some things forward with you. So it might be that you've really, really valued... Um, uh, weekly nights out with your friends but now you have a newborn and you can't quite get that so maybe it's a weekly conversation that happens on a Saturday morning if your partner's home just modify I have mentioned this again broken record in a podcast where I spoke about having that moment of realizing that I really need to do something for myself when the boys were little. And so I wrote out 10 things that I could do at home. So these weren't grand things. It was things like lighting a candle, reading a book, getting dressed each day, those little things that I could control and access. So you might be able to modify some of the parts of your life from before you became a mum and bring them into your mum life. My voice is going. I've recorded too many podcasts in the last couple of days. Um, I'm one week post-blindsided breakup and I'm really struggling. Best advice? Oh, I just want to give you a big cuddle. I really do. It's so overwhelming and breakups are so hard and you go through so many different waves of emotion from sometimes anger to deep sadness to grief for losing the relationship and losing the future that you thought you had. And it can be even more confusing when you do feel blindsided because you then feel like, oh, I can't trust anyone again. Um, My best advice is not super helpful. It's the advice my dad gives me whenever I go through something tough. He's always like, the only thing that's going to help is time. So you need to give the time some time. I would also extend on that because that's not really helpful. Just saying it takes time and say, get yourself some support, whether that's with girlfriends or a objective third party, but just so that you can go and talk things through and process can be really helpful and just really focus on yourself and also mother yourself a little bit in what you need because it's really tempting when we're emotionally off kilter to kind of be reactive and act out in ways that doesn't serve us. And what I mean by that is, you might need to mother yourself in the way of saying, All right, girlfriend, you need to delete his number. Not forever, but maybe for a while. You might need to agree to not see him, not speak to him. Like, you just need to really protect your actual mental wellness. Um, money talk, financial advice for starting or having a family. I It's on my list to get someone onto the podcast who works in the financial space because it's definitely a topic that I know a lot of women and men as well are interested in exploring more and so am I. So stay tuned for that one. How do you stay in the present moment instead of focusing on the what ifs or the coulds? The first thing that comes to mind is anxiety is when we put ourselves through things at least once unnecessarily, or if it's something that's going to happen, then we're putting ourselves through it twice or three times or four times or five times. I try to just tell myself current moment, only moment. So if I'm starting to feel a bit apprehensive or anxious or worried about something, I'm like, no, no, current moment, only moment. And in this moment, I am safe. I'm in a safe spot. I'm breathing. My body's working for me. I'm whatever it is, wherever you are. And I know a guest has said in the past that one of their favorite sayings is put your head where your hands are. And I really like that. Um, Practicing meditation, mindfulness techniques, all of that's helpful. Have you ever experienced panic attacks? Yes. I had a panic attack when I was having the boys. The most intense panic attack of my life was in my C-section. I wanted to climb the walls. It was awful. I haven't had a massive panic attack in a while. How do I manage them? For me, the way that I manage it is I need to tell someone. I need someone to know that it's happening to me. So I'll get on the phone to one of my girlfriend's Kat. She's incredible. She's so incredible. Just holding space for this sort of thing. Um and I'll just like let it all out, let everything out. Um, So yeah, I don't know whether that's helpful for you. How to fit in hobbies as a mum. You've got to be realistic with the season that you're in. So if you've got young babies, again, back to that question I answered earlier, it's modifying those hobbies to get them in. So you might have a hobby of painting and perhaps before kids you were able to paint all weekend every weekend but now that you've got babies that's not an option so what is a realistic option could it be realistic to say to your partner or a support person I want 20 minutes I want half an hour I want two hours whatever it is depending on circumstance and book it in that would be my only advice there is modify book it in and commit um what else do, do, do I think these ones I mainly answered over on Instagram have you ever struggled with motivation and I then asked the lady who asked this question what she meant with motivation because in some areas in life I struggle I struggle with some certain things but she said with fitness um, and exercise no I've never struggled with that it's just a non-negotiable for me it's it's part of my mental health toolkit. And that's what this whole eight weeks is about, I guess. It's kind of more bringing my mental health toolkit right up to the forefront as a bit of a reset and recalibration. Um, that's not helpful, is it? Me saying, no, I haven't struggled with motivation for exercise. I think that's because I don't rely on the motivation side of it. And we've all heard it, you know, motivation lets you down, but commitment keeps you accountable. For me, it's not something... I negotiate. I don't say to myself, am I going to exercise? Am I not? It's just part of what I do because I know I need to. So if you remove that decision fatigue, that could be helpful. So that's making the commitment, the plan. Also working out what sort of person you are when it comes to committing. And Gretchen Rubin has four archetypes on this, which you can just Google Gretchen Rubin, four personality types. There's the rebel The upholder, I can't think of the other two right now. The rebel, the upholder, you'll find it. Um, But the upholder is someone who follows through with commitments if they have to uphold the obligation to someone else. So work out your style of follow through and then create a plan for that that's tailored to you. Because if you're not an upholder and you make plans to exercise with a friend but you actually don't feel anything if you let someone down, it's not going to be a great plan for you. Um, what else? I think that's pretty much it. A lot of people are asking where the computer chair is from that I bought. It's just I got it from Temple and Webster Online. Where are your slippers from? The fluffy white ones are emu slippers. Um, oh, one question that came through, how did break a six-year post-anorexia funk? of still feeling crap in my new size please 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 get yourself some support there are such things out there as eating disorder recovery coaches nowadays which could be helpful for you Um, therapy I can't say it enough I cannot say it enough because you don't need to live a life like that you really don't and it's work it is work to change your thoughts and change your behaviors and perhaps it's not even changing your thoughts because I think that if you had I'll speak for myself, as someone that had an eating disorder in my early 20s, it's something that I always am cognizant of making sure I act in a way that aligns with my values of who I want to be, not that old coping mechanism. I think that's pretty much it. I also feel like my voice is going to give in any moment now, and it's been a long solo episode, guys. I hope it's been helpful. Um, As always, take a screenshot, pop it up on your Instagram stories. Stay tuned for Thursday's episode because it is the conversation with Anna and it's light. Like it's really, really light. I think it's funny, but who knows? Her and I were laughing saying like, we're so (laughs) self-congratulatory after we recorded it. We're like, yeah, we did a good job. Um, And we're like that when we work out as well. Like, Yeah, we're amazing, which, you know, sometimes that's good. Anyway, team, I am now off to get stuck into my day. I've got a big day. I'm meeting with a graphic designer this morning for new branding, which is fun. I can't wait to tell you the new name. And what else? I've got therapy. So stay tuned for week two. Let's see what comes up. And then I've also got a big working afternoon with Jordan who works for me because we're going into school holidays now. So that kind of changes things up. All right, team, I hope you have an amazing, amazing day and I'll talk to you soon.
0: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well,